Welcome to the CP Podcast. My name is Jacob Ashworth. I am the Artistic Director of Cantata Profana, and I'm here today with my guest, John Taylor Ward. Hello. Taylor is one of our core artists who's been with us since the beginning of Cantata Profana from our very first concert. We're here today to talk about our upcoming show on January 20th at 7 p.m. at Joe's Pub down uh, at the Public Theater in New York. You can get tickets at www.publictheater.org or at www.cantataprofana.com. And uh, John Taylor Ward will be singing along with Dan Schlossberg on the piano and myself uh, on violin and Anna Roberts-Gewalt on many different instruments, guitar, banjo, violin, viola. We'll see. Two years ago, Taylor and our, one of our pianists, Dan Schlossberg, did an amazing concert that they called the American Songbook, and it was uh, to be the first foray into the many centuries of American music that they, that they really love. And so this concert, we're calling American Songbook 2, and is sort of the next evolution of that. Yeah, I a lot of times think that I've only ever had one programming idea and every performance that I give is just the latest draft of that idea. Um, one of my musicological passions is for American music, particularly early American music, particularly around the Appalachian South, which is where I'm from. And I think there's a lot of connections that can be drawn um, between this greater arc of Western music and this little area that I very subjectively feel very close to. Can you tell us a little bit about um, growing up in North Carolina and sort of how that's come to be part of who you are as a singer? Yeah, um, I had a really lucky musical development as a young person. Uh, My dad was a former professional bluegrass musician. He was a Uh, guitar and banjo player and also a very accomplished singer. Uh, My mother was a musical theater aficionado, got me into the the Broadway musical world when I was very young. Um, And then also I was incredibly lucky to grow up in a town of about 15,000 people in rural Appalachia uh, that had an Episcopal church that did a full Renaissance mass every Sunday. So I think these are sort of three uh, points that make a triangle of what I still do today. It's this um, very lofty ancient European music, this uh, sort of vaudevillian love for music theater and real appreciation for folk music and folk traditions. Hello there, stranger. How do you do? There's something I'd like to say to you. Don't be surprised. You're recognized. I'm no detective, but I've just surmised. 
you're from the place that I long to be. Your smiling face seems to say to me, you're from my homeland, my sunny homeland. Tell me, can it be? Are you from Dixie? I said from Dixie, where the fields of cotton beckon to me. I'm glad to see you. Tell me how be you and the folks I'm longing to see. If you're from Alabama, Tennessee, or Caroline, any place below the Mason-Dixon line, then you're from Dixie. I said from Dixie. So last year in November, we did our first show at Joe's Pub, which was with Taylor and uh, Lee Dion, Doug Perry, and Dan LaPelle. It was called In a Distant Land, and it was um, a great show that sort of launched our starting to perform there, and we've done another since. But um, tell us a little bit about that last show that you did there. Sure. Um, So this is going to be my second show at Joe's Pub, and uh, it's a great opportunity to let a space lead a program uh, because it's not a typical concert hall. It's host to everything from pop musicians to experimental artists to uh, you know slam poetry and stand up. And so it's a chance for us not only to bring the music that we do a lot to that audience, but also a chance for us and I guess myself in particular to... Uh, dabble in things that might be a little bit more um a little bit more popular genre or a little bit uh lighter repertoire taylor and i have been putting together programs for a few years for cantata profana and it's always very fun to let you sort of go with your ideas and run with them and then i find out a few months later what you've been (laughs) researching um and i just wanted to sort of ask you about how you research programs like this and how you sort of go about finding um, all of the pieces that you end up calling together into these programs. Yeah, I I wish that I could say it was a little bit more rarefied than it is. Uh, For me, a lot of it is um, (laughs) having a few pieces that happen to find me over the years. Uh, that spark this interest. And then from there, really, it is Wikipedia and it is YouTube. I wish I could say differently, but um, I am I am a uh, end-stage millennial and <laughs> I can't help it. Left to my own devices, I think I'm often so uh, collecting such disparate things that to me have some connection and I think one of the great values of this collaboration, not only with you, but with everybody in the group, with Dan, who I've worked so closely with, um, is uh, that outside perspective, getting outside ears and eyes on the things that are making me tick at a particular point and encouraging me to focus that into something that reads as a total program to an audience. Your parents 
sit down beside me as long as you may. My horses ain't hungry, they won't eat your hay. So fare thee well, darling, I'll be on my way. That was The Wagoner's Lad, arranged by Dan and Taylor from their first American Songbook program two years ago. Before that, you heard their take on Are You From Dixie? I'm really excited to be working on this project with uh, Anna roberts Gavalt, who I first met in London last year and who I came into contact with because of uh, the folk music duo that she is a part of, Anna and Elizabeth. Um, They're fantastic storytellers, instrumentalists, singers who uh, do a lot of work with primary sources who go to study with Appalachian ballad singers who, uh, you know, comb through archives to find lots of different things. Uh, So right now we are in the calm before the storm. Uh, I think what's going to make this process particularly exciting is that we have a group of people together with this that are not only amazing performers and musicians, but are skilled arrangers and tinkers and all of these things. So every, I have high hopes that sort of every aspect of this program, every piece um, that we do, whatever, whatever that piece is, it will be a version of it that is unique to these performers. That was a song by Charles Ives, one of the most imposing figures of American song, called He Is There. Taylor and Dan have performed a lot of Ives over the years with Cantata Profana, and it's always a treat. A great little connection that, that Taylor had sort of found between um, advertising jingles, which have this fantastic connection to the country and the culture and just speak volumes about the history um, in this sort of crazy sonic way, um, along with campaign songs, which have a similar um, 
sort of wealth of of cultural significance that's sort of comp- sort of stuffed into them so that they mean something. Uh, so right. in order to pack as much into a really dynamite cabaret show as possible, I feel like there's a great space for these small pieces that are so full of character and so direct. I mean, whether it's a campaign song or a jingle, you're advertising something. And so you have, uh, say, 30 seconds to get your message across. And I think there's something really nice about that in this in the context of this program. How do you explain putting Monteverdi on an American songbook concert? I want to. Um, <laughs> that's probably the most important reason. Um, I think something that I really enjoy in music generally is a sense of directness. Uh, we're just finishing up Monteverdi's 450th birthday year. And so I have spent literally the entire year working on the music of Monteverdi, who uh, sort of, in a lot of ways, began the Baroque in the early 17th century uh, in terms of music. Um, And there's something so vivid about the music that he makes. It's like, it's all in primary colors and and its effect on the listener, I think, is so immediate. That is an aspect of music that is shared by a lot of folk music and uh, by a lot of what I would say would be great music of any time is the immediacy of, of the, the feelings that you get from it and the immediacy of the communication. Some vintage cantata profana there from our New York debut in 2013. That was a madrigal for five voices, an ensemble by 17th century Italian composer Claudio Monteverdi with Taylor singing bass. The programs that we do at Joe's Pub are definitely, they, they, are, they are a lot different than the ones that we do elsewhere. And the main thing is having to um, switch gears to play to the venue in a way that we don't usually do. Um, and at Joe's Pub, it's a great challenge to say, okay, this venue itself has so much character mm-hmm. and it has such a great history. And um, we're very lucky to be there as a classical music ensemble. And so we really have to sort of up our game in the in the patter and in the speaking to the audience and in sort of creating a real cabaret feel. And that reminds me of... Uh, the last time I was there, 
the piece that I was performing by George Crumb required me to hit some rocks together as a percussion instrument. So about an hour before the performance, I went outside, found my rocks, uh, then went back in for the show, and it came to that part, and I had not selected the optimal rocks because immediately when I uh, knocked them together to make the noise, one of them not only crumbled into a few pieces, but those pieces fell into the martini glass of the person in the front row, uh, which was an exciting and interesting moment to share with somebody who's there in the audience. That's good. We like our audiences intimate and, and up close in what we're doing and at their own risk. And I bought him a martini. Since we all started together back in school at Yale, we have all gone off to different parts of the world and done a whole lot. But I would say maybe nobody in the group quite as much as you going off to everywhere. Um, and the last time I saw you perform a couple of months ago was when you were in town with John Elliott Gardner doing Orfeo and Monteverdi's all three operas at Alice Tully in New York. Um, so what keeps you coming back to CP all the time? For me, um, yeah, I've had a lot of amazing opportunities to work with uh, the people who first got me interested in in Baroque opera and operatic repertoire in general. Um, but the more uh, I grow as an artist and the more experiences I get, um, I realize that a lot of the fancy bills, or, sorry, a lot of the fancy things that I do um, pay the bills to subsidize the passion projects that I do and the things that I really believe in. Um, which is not to say that those experiences are not amazing, but I enjoy most getting to work on my own projects. That's always been uh, my real passion. And I think uh, CP can offer me the tangible and intangible resources to make my ideas come to fruition, to make, to make them actually be seen by people. Um, and in addition to that, I get to have really, really smart, talented artists working on those things with me and giving me their feedback. And I trust you all. So that's, that's why I keep coming back. I think the real question is, why do I keep going away? Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us on SoundCloud. And we hope you'll check us out at www.cantataprofana.com and see our upcoming shows. Hope to see you there. <laughs>